Assalamu alaikum. Peace and blessings be upon you in the name of God, the most gracious and the most merciful. All glory and praise belongs to God and salutating with salutations to the beloved and all the beloveds of God who include Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, and his holy family. Thank you so much for tuning into our 25th Healing is Believing podcast series. And today we discuss about disruptive realities. I have joining us myself as QW, alongside over in Europe, Imam Saab, and in Florida, Dr. Isa White Muhammad, our spiritual health ambassador for the Divine Clinic Foundation. Assalamu alaikum, Dr. Isa and Imam Saab. So happy to have you both uh, join us on our show and as we carry on these insightful discussions to help empower our audience uh, in understanding the soul and, you know, on the esoteric um, knowledge on an Islamic perspective and tying everything together. And so here today we talk about disruptive realities and what is reality? Because what is our journey of life? What is our purpose? You know, nothing here is forever. So is this realm a reality? Is it the hereafter is a reality? So how do we make this reality and the hereafter a greater reality, the truth reality? And this is so deep and so insightful because we're seeing there is chaos in the world. There is disruption. There are systems that take away from our consciousness, uh, take away from us kind of aspiring to ascend and work from a higher conscious level with all the disruptions around us. So starting with this intro, uh, Imam Saab, I'll have you open up this discussion and uh, enlighten our audience. And thereafter, Dr. Isa uh, will carry on. So please, Imam Saab. Yeah. Well, I mean, what I would like to do is I would like to maybe bring about the attention of, of Dr. Teresa first. Okay. Because I think it's important to lay down from, um, and I can already feel uh, exactly where Dr. Teresa is going to be going with this. So I would rather that, because my conversation of what I'm going to speak about is going to branch off from what they've already said. So Dr. Teresa, if you, if you wouldn't mind, uh, do you inshallah. Well, thank you, uh, uh, Imam. Assalamu alaikum. Um, when we talk about reality, we're really talking about something that exists, um, something that is material, something that is what we call that is tangible. Uh, we can feel it, we can touch it, we can smell it. Um, something that is right now. Um, and that's what it is. We, we, we look at what I would call the simplicity of life. I have a house. I see it. I can touch it. I can live there. Reality. I have a car. I can drive it. I can sit in it. I can change the tire. I can get gas in it. That's a reality to that realm. All right? Now, when we look at this element of reality to the majority of people in our world, they, they work so hard, they work their entire existence trying to get stuff because stuff is real to them. What is stuff? Oh, I want a new car. Go back to a car. I want a new house. 
I want a husband, I want a wife, I want a child, I want money. They're functioning at that level. Now, what they're really saying in a simplistic form again is that they want heaven on earth. What they think is heaven on earth. Going back to to the initial argument again, they think heaven on earth is again material stuff. So now, when there is a disappointment, when there is a disruption, and now what is disruption? A division. Disruption is some element of chaos, some evol- some some development of separation. So when they have this separation, what is that separation could be? Oh, I have this stuff, but I lost my job. That's a disruption to my reality. I made a million dollars. I have $10 million in a bank, but overnight because of the stock market, I lost it. That's a disruption to their reality. Oh, my wife, so beautiful. She loves me. You thought? She's gone. All right, my husband, so handsome, man in a house, he loves me. He's gone. That's a disruption to that reality. So what happens if you do not have a spiritual lens? What happens is that you become strange. You become dysfunctional. You begin to ask questions. How can this be? Then you don't know how to deal with disruption to your reality. And how does, how does most, most people deal with it? Easy. All right? They drink. I mean, you can, go, you can go to any country in the world and get cheap liquor or expensive liquor. Regardless, it's a distortion of, 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 your, of your body because you're putting something in it that is not good. But they drink. They smoke. I'm not just talking about smoking marijuana or ganja that, that, that somebody may call it. I'm talking about smoking cigarettes. All right? That's a disruption. Why do most people smoke? Oh, I smoke cigarettes because it makes me calm. I smoke cigarettes because I lose weight. I smoke cigarettes because it, it helps me deal with the tension. What tension? A disruption to your reality. Or you may say, well, since my life is going to pieces because my reality has, is, has been disjointed, I'm going to go out with as many women as I can. I'm going to be the sexual rock star. I'm going to try to have as many, much sex with every woman, as much sex as any man, all right, that I can to make me feel better. So therefore, if you function in that manner, if you go to drugs, if you go to sex, if you go to cigarettes, if you go to alcohol, that means your reality wasn't real in the first place. That means your reality was an illusion. An illusion. It's it's an altered state. Because we have a reality that is true, that is spiritual, that is mind-focused, that is God-focused, there will be, and if there is some dysfunction within that, you'll know how to handle it. Now, uh, uh, Professor White Muhammad, how do you say this? How can you say that, well, if you have a total reality, that there may be some dysfunction? Well, remember, brothers and sisters, that nothing is perfect in life. 
nothing. The universe is not even perfect. The orbits that the that the planets have around the sun, the orbits of the solar system and the galaxy, it's not a perfect circle. It's oblong. It, it, it moves with a dip and an extension. It's a bubble. What is, what is Allah telling us? It's that while we are striving for the greatness, there's always going to be problems within our community. So therefore, your sense of reality is not the physical, it's not the Jaguar or the Mercedes or the Genesis. Your reality is your soul. That's the thing that stays fixed. Your reality is your spirit. Your reality is not just your faith in God and his prophets and the Ketum, but the knowledge of God and the prophets and the Ketum. You see, that's the difference. But if you don't have that knowledge, then when things occur to your so-called reality, you melt like butter on a hot day. I mean, look at it now. We have masjids and, and churches and temples and synagogues and hopefuls, all types of communities where that, 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 that worship, they say they worship God. But when something happens, when there's a little dysfunction in the world, they go completely crazy. They take it out on the people they see. They take it out on the other community members. They take it, they, they even blame God. Then maybe they may blame themselves, but they don't know how to function. So what is reality? It's what exists for you. What is the function? How your so-called uh, uh, reality can be broken up. What is true reality? The knowledge of God, the knowledge of the spirits, the knowledge of the existence of one. That is reality. That is like mathematics. It doesn't change. One and one will always be two. And there will always be a God. There will always be a prophet. There will always be a Ketum. That's mathematics. That's reality. All right? But until you are able to change and create what we call that, 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 that third eye of reality that you will be stuck in your position and you will never know true reality. You will never know it. I'm going to give you a brief story and then I go. Uh, my father, as you know, for many of you, he died about a year ago. And he was a great man. I love my father. All right? He was a, a community man. He was a, a religious leader, a minister within the church, had a great following. But during the last days of his existence on his on this earth, Imam and QW, you know what he did? He was counting money. Because hmm. he was just going, I would have to give him maybe $50 and once. He just counted over and over and over and over again. Hmm. But even though he said he was spiritual and I love him if I'm wrong oh Allah please forgive me because I love my father and I love my mother and I love all elders 
because they have something to give to us and to teach us. But as he was on his last days, he's just counting that. Because in his mind, somewhere in his mind, the reality of God, you see, the reality of the prophets, the reality of the spirit has been supplanted by this thing that we call physical dollar, which is not a reality. All right? It's nothing but paper. I don't know about the pound in, in England or the franc in France, but the American dollar is not even backed by gold. It's just paper. And people think that it's real. All right? So, you, so we have people committing suicide and, and dying and killing for some worthless green paper with some numbers. That really, that soon enough, you'll find that it's not even worth the paper that it's worth, that it was printed on. I, 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 I know I talked a long time, but that's how I summed this thing up. May Allah bless all of us. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you, Dr. Issa. That was uh, very deep, very real. And, you know, it is the truth and the soul is the ultimate, you know, reality that we have here. And I'll have you, Mamsa, please uh, carry on this discussion. Okay, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Well, when we talk about disruptive realities, it's a very, very broad spectrum. Yeah. So, again, as uh, the delightful Dr. Issa was mentioning, that the disruptive reality from the perception of how people are living their lives in fulfillment and the fulfillment that they're experiencing is only temporary. And that is because we have forgotten the our covenant to God in understanding that the true reality exists with Allah, with God, with the Almighty, with the Creator, the Lord of all worlds. So what we have to understand is in that aspect, yes, there is this distortion of our own perceptions of why we're here, what's our purpose, and what we're doing here. And even a lifelong service religion, as stated by Dr. Issa's story about his father, that even that um, was not enough to uh, overcome the resistance towards the end of one's life, when all the pressures basically come into full force. Um, effectively. So what we're seeing there is really is that that's disruptive reality on one aspect. But then it exists in many different planes, in many different planes of reality. Because when we're looking at the world of spirituality and spiritual practice and and I, I dare say spiritual malpractice and that is something that is clearly happening all around us, whether we want to speak about it or not. And even from, and again, this whole channel was um, was brought about with the understanding of bringing out um, the concept of spiritual healing to a wider platform, uh, to a wider audience, and giving them the understanding because people are not talking about these things in in, in the synagogues, in, in the churches and in the mosques. So we, uh, as a responsibility towards humanity, we have to talk about these things. So. That's the reason why we're here. So talking about it from that aspect of spiritual malpractice and how the uh, disruptive realities, especially when we're talking about spiritual dimensions, um, because as you understand that the world of the spiritual and the unseen 
is far beyond what the physical eye can comprehend and, and the mind can understand. So therefore, you know, in our understanding is that what we see in the physical is only a drop in the ocean of what is in the spiritual because God belongs to the spiritual and that's where God created existence and, and being was first in the spiritual, then in the physical. So effectively, we as human beings are metaphysical. We are metaphysical, just like everything else around us in this world, you know, of the seen world. Everything is metaphysical. And we have a responsibility towards the planet, towards each other, towards everything living and apparently non-living. Everything in the, in the power of spirituality, everything is alive. And we have an inherent responsibility to look after the planet, to look after ourselves, to look after this consciousness, this global consciousness of oneness, of understanding ourselves in trying to better ourselves. The problem that we're seeing from a spiritual practice perspective, and again, going back to the cases that we deal with, the things that we do, um, what I have understood from my experience with my teacher, is that we have seen evidence of great spiritual injustice happening right now, at this very moment. Uh, people who are involved in healing are involved in something that is almost demonic in power and very, very negative. And this is where people are going to for help and for understanding. Now, the problem is when you take someone who's already existing in the world that Dr. Reese is talking about, this kind of, you know, half, half hazard, kind of like a haphazard sort of perception of the world, you take someone like this and you introduce them to someone who's involved in spiritual mind practice. And the reality from which that is coming will only then what? Will thwart that individual's understanding of the truth even further away from God. And we know this and we, we've seen evidence of this because um, to, to bring it to a story a few months ago, uh, a lady contacted us and she was told by a um, again, by a, a Muslim spiritualist, another lady, a female, uh, who was trained by, uh, you know, a notable, uh, a notable blessed place, but it was the association with that place. So this lady turns around and says to, ultimately the patient says to her, your child has uh, very strong magic on him. So the only way that you can remove this magic is if you, as the mother of the child, go out and buy a doll and then um, stick pins in the doll. Now, what we understand from scripture, as God says, is that the devil will never ever do anything on your behalf, right? He will never ever partake in the crimes, but he will make you do it. Yeah? He will make you do it. So that on the day of judgment, it will be so that God will, God will ask, well, why did you do this? And Satan will say, well, I didn't make them do it. I just encouraged them, but they did the act themselves. Now, when we understand law, there's such a thing as, uh, you know, uh, actus reus and mens rea. You know, there's this intention behind the action and the, the, you know, the intention and how it's carried forward into the action. And that's what God is judging us on. So, 
we look at it from that story, from that case study, we can see that a lady who doesn't understand the full reality was told that in order to lift a magic on her son, her child, what she had to do was partake in a ritual of voodoo in order to lift that magic. Now that is very, very dangerous. Would you, would you both agree on that? Yeah? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Practice. Because now you're exposing this individual who doesn't even have the full spectrum of understanding of even what you're talking about, Dr. Teresa, and now we are exposing her to this spiritual dimension or spiritual energy, which she will have no control over, and it will enter her life, and it will become a, a havoc, and it will wreak havoc, you know, in her life. But Alhamdulillah, by the grace of God Almighty, yeah, and this is how he is, he is present in all of us and around us. Yeah, he's above us, you know, behind us, underneath us, he's everywhere. If you tune into the right frequency of life, which is based on what? The lessons of morality, the lessons of ethics, which are contained in the scriptures, that at least you will have some degree of the essence of God around you. Some degree. There will be some element of his protection on you. This is what we're saying. So it was by that grace of God that this lady turned around and said, something in my heart turned and said, what this person was telling me about the act that I had to perform to free my son was wrong. It was wrong. It was something was, was telling her that it wasn't right. And I think that's very important that we must learn to listen to not the inner voice, not the voice in our head, but the voice in our hearts. In understanding that, as you said, uh, Dr. Isa, that it's very important how we raise and we are and how we are raised and how we raise others and, and how we respond to our elders of those who have led fulfilling lives and what lessons we can learn from them is very important. History is always repeating itself. And if you understand that even the Quran itself, the Holy Quran, it talks about historical events. It never ever mentions anything about upcoming or anything that was happening, you know, with regards to that situation. That it's a it's a historical book, but one that contains many different dimensions, and that's what people tend to forget. It's how does a book of fourteen hundred years ago, a book of perfection, be applicable in twenty nineteen? If people can't even engage with that aspect, how will they even engage with anything that that we're even talking about remotely? Yeah, what protection or degrees of protection do they have? And it's very, very, very concerning because we're now living in a time where information is available everywhere. You can just go on your phone, you can type in black magic removal or anything like this and you will find someone. Someone who fits into your ideology or your expectations or a service. Because we live in this world, as you said, fueled by materialism and conditioning that has made us to basically become in this kind of way of, I want this and I want it now. We have forgotten about the virtues of patience, except by none other than God himself. All his prophets and messengers had to endure patience. There was a reason for that. Because there's a great, great understanding and respect that comes from, you know, understanding or reasoning that comes over time, rather than reasoning that comes within a minute and then disappears overnight. Just as quick as it came, the quick is gone. 
because it's a very dangerous world that we live in. You know, people all over the world are practicing or partaking in spiritual rituals without fully understanding the sacredness of what they're doing. They are disrupting the natural law and balance of God. And this is the greatest injustice because now you are going against God. Every single person who's, who's partaking in this type of spiritual practice is going against God. And the only ones who hold true to this are the saints. That's my fundamental belief. You know, that is, the Bible says that's strong as anything because there's a reason why the saints are the friends of God. Yeah. And yeah. Not, the, not the friends of themselves. Mm. You see what I'm saying to you? Because there is this sacredness and this divine responsibility of serving humanity, which is probably the pinnacle of ultimate servitude to God, is serving humanity, delivering the truth, irrespective of the consequences. And that's where we see the beautification of the imams, of the Shia. You know, we see the you know the the Sahaba Ikram who are mentioned in the the Sunni thought, uh, the the Sunni you know school of Islam. The reality of sacrifice, the reality of the truth, the reality of standing up for what is morally right, spiritually right, ethically everything in the compass because God is truth. So we have to stand up against spiritual injustice. So that, you know, in essence, what we're understanding about disruptive realities, but the biggest disruptive reality is when we have a large group of a population on earth who by and large are not fully understanding the full spiritual tenets of a religion they follow, for example. And then to turn for answers, they can't go to their mosques which doesn't make sense because a mosque is a house of God. Right? It's a place where you can come and worship and also be healed. But there's no healing going on. So then people are looking elsewhere for all the answers. And the people that they're going to themselves have not had you know, the, the right guidance, the right teaching, or not following the right doctrine. demonic forces of resistance has turned them away from God because God is the ultimate truth so therefore then what we discussed earlier about the degrees of God's you know the essence of God's protection is removed because now they are as what is mentioned in Surah Fatia about those who you know to seek the path of those who've been favoured and not to seek the path of those who've been led astray. Because those who've been led astray become removed from God's protection, removed from God's wisdom, removed from God's intelligence and God's love. And that's very important. Love is a very, very, very powerful tool. And in order to understand ourselves, we must truly love God in order to truly love each other. Because it's only through that that comes the apparent respect. There is a big problem that we see today. Everybody is saying, you know, with regards to getting spiritual checks from people. 
but there is this sort of uh, intermediary layer between the physical and the spiritual world in which that layer uh, there can exist many degrees of corruption so when someone is checking something um, you know they have to be sure of what the information they're getting is correct and that's why I say when you follow the tenets of Islam in order to perform istikhara which is how you receive divine you know inspiration from God and how it comes to you that when you follow a clean practice and a clean religion and one that is based around truth pure truth that is the best starting block towards moving in a world you know where you are living to heal and healing to live so as we are wrapping up here uh, Dr. Isa please if you have any other questions um, or any other takeaway um, insight you'd like to share with your audience please feel free to comment well this issue of reality and 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 disruption is, is something that is plaguing uh, 99% of the human family. Uh, the reality, the wars, the, the, the fighting, the shooting, the killing, uh, the thievery, the crime, the raping, name it, all the vices are part of this. So the question is, is that how do we keep people from following a in, in reality that really doesn't exist, right? And an altered reality that they cannot capture to a real spiritual reality that will embrace society, embrace the world. And as we go through this, we believe we live in so many different cultures, right? We have, we, we are a diverse family of the human spirit. So how do we how do we cross this and, and, and bring people into and have us to understand that the reality that we're speaking to is not the reality that they know, but it's something that is important, that is great, that can create the real happiness that they're all striving for. And that's where I, and I like to have our beloved Imam to expound on this. Ooh, uh, okay. Uh, it, like you said, it's a very, very complicated matter. You know, it's it's in terms of understanding the world as it is, in, in terms of how it is, and how can we begin to understand what the truth is. I think what we have to do is start by being truthful. That is number one. And it's only in the light of being truthful that everything in truth starts to manifest. Yeah. So when you are truthful about your condition, when you are truthful about there is a problem, and I know that I can rely on God to, to show me the way, and God will show you the way, and God will take you to those who can help you. But at the same time, if, uh, if you understand that God is, is the Rahman and the Rahim, uh, in that understanding is God has degrees of mercy there's this there's this level of mercy which has created the universe and everything within it and everything outside the universe but then there's also the Rahim which is the superlative mercy of God of the Almighty so how do we then begin to still project ourselves onto 
in the Rahim of Allah is that we have to go to the Rahman, we have to go through the conditions that have been put down by the you know, by the by the structure of the Rahman. So that you know, in many people I speak to, I say I ask them as well to say that, you know, God is merciful. Yes, do you agree with this? So if God is merciful, why has he made you go through all this affliction? It's a question that we ask. It's not it's not a trick question. But it's one that we ask because it's very important. Why? Because it comes about from the fact is that God wants you to understand. God wants you to gain understanding of your condition. God wants you to gain an understanding of Him. In doing so, you know, in terms of understanding more about yourself, that you can truly understand Him, and that's what it is. So then, that will also then what will that do? What benefit will that have? Well, it will strengthen your belief. Because we know that the world that we're living in is very toxic. Because the people are carrying this toxic energy with them. So that's the reality. The world is not toxic. The people within the world are toxic. Yeah? And there are different degrees of toxicity within different communities. No one community is without its, you know, its worst of the worst and the best of the best. So truly what we're saying is that we need to bring out the best of humanity. But the only way that we can do that is by taking not the best of the communities because they are already in their positions and they are doing what they need to do. But we are saying that we need to take those who are in between. Those who don't truly understand, who fall into that category of following a ritualistic religion without the essence, without the spiritual taste and flavor of God. You know, mm-hmm. and I think it's very, very important that we have to align ourselves to God in order to understand Him. And I think by understanding our afflictions and what is causing affliction to us and what is disturbing the spiritual peace of the world, only then we will begin to understand the level of injustice that is happening. I implore anyone, honestly, I implore anybody who. Uh, has any concerns about spiritual injustice or any concern about any practitioner, you know, to get in contact with the Divine Clinic Foundation. And, you know, because there is there is a responsibility upon those who can do something about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So don't take it upon yourself to go and try and fight the local voodoo priest, you know, who, who's obviously doing things in a very negative way. Because I believe as well that maybe, you know, the the term voodoo itself uh, is something that was always brought about to bring about uh, this kind of stigma of fear in an individual in the community. Um, I think that the, the practice of voodoo itself within its own respective community, however long ago that it was established, was probably one that came about from the concepts of healing. Concepts, concepts of healing, healing. Right? Healing, yeah, healing. Yeah, because what we understand is that many things that start up as good inherently become bad as there is uh, a greater sense of misguidance. You see? Because what, what, what is it they say? I mean, it's a very cliche kind of way of expressing, but they say absolute power corrupts absolutely. Mm. And that's why even in the scripture, even in the Holy Quran, it's mentioned even the one where people, I think when people talk about spirituality and uh, spiritual control, they refer back to Suleiman al-Islam in the Quran. 
yeah? Many people understand that Solomon completely upon him, right? So that you know that he had a kingdom like no other. He was given a kingdom by God that was unlike any other, right? But even he, in the Holy Quran, is mentioned that even he was humbled before the plea of an ant. So what do we understand? He was a man who obviously had great power, great responsibility. But also he understood his position of creation, even next to something that would, to many other people, would seem very insignificant. So the level of his spiritual connection to God is of a different level as people today, right? Yes. It's of a different responsibility and understanding and respect. Because God is about respect. The Sufis, they speak about other, right? They speak about manners. You know, he who has the best of manners. Because God is, God is, God has the divine names. He has the divine attributes. Also, he has the best of all manners, all God. That's what we understand. But, But you see, even in this interaction, in what is revealed in the Holy Quran, that you can see a man of, of clearly, obviously, who is the beloved of God. He had to be, in order to be immortalized in the Holy Quran, correct? He's even named. Because even some of the messengers are not even named in the Quran. They're not even given names. They're just given their rights. But Suleiman is mentioned by name, as, as well as many others. No, no, alayhi salam. Many others. Yeah, many others. So what is it that we understand? That he is a man of God. He's the beloved of God. He's a righteous man. He's a man of virtue. But he's also a man of humility, humbleness. And I think it's important that we understand that there is this uh, this, this massive injustice happening around us. Whether we understand it or not, we have to come to a realization yeah, that even those in the, the spectrum of healing because of the negative energy that they're having to deal with is so bad that they themselves are turning to darkness. They themselves are being afflicted. So now, both of you tell me, right? If you're now living in a world where even those who have gone into healing are now being turned by the very thing that they were dealing with before, and it's causing them affliction, causing them stress, and causing them suffering, then who will be there left to heal the communities? The masjids, the churches, the synagogues, the people of academia? No. no. So we have to take empowerment on ourselves. We have to look after each other. We don't know. Yeah, truly, we don't. You know, when, when you're told by someone, oh, such and such a person has done this to you. Such and such a person has done this to you, Right? Because again, this is the language of those who deal with, you know, the world of spirituality, conventionally, yeah. right? That's what we understand in the mainstream understanding, anyway. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not something that we deal with, but you know, it's not it's not something that we say ourselves. But however, uh, we know that this is a practice that is widely widely adopted across the the Western and Eastern world. Mm-hmm. But we have to understand why why that is happening, isn't it? Why why is this? being introduced in this way because it's trying to cause what you talked about before about division division of the family division of the home division of our communities so what I'm saying is that the apparent danger is spiritual it's not physical 
the dangers are from the spiritual world and what is being brought into this world on a daily basis by none other than those who are looking to breed, who are looking to control and upset the natural divine laws of balance of God. Mm. These are God's, that's God's, that's God's law. And by disrupting that balance, that in itself is the greatest injustice. It doesn't matter how that injustice has happened, it is an injustice. That is fact. Yeah, just like the Sunnis and the Shias can both believe that Imam Hussein was martyred. Yeah, it doesn't matter how that whole situation came to fruition. We know that the fact is fact. He died as a martyr for the truth. You know, by the hands of none other than a Muslim army. So we have to understand that the biggest danger is within ourselves within our communities through a lack of understanding, a lack of rationality, a, a, a lack of dealing with the heart. Sorry, Dr. Okay, I just want to back up just a little bit for our readers to uh, get an understanding. Uh, when we spoke of uh, uh, Bhutan versus Bhutan, we're not speaking of it for your audience as a as an evil entity, as some people will characterize it in the Western world. You know, the United States and England and France, they have pictures, movies, voodoo, and 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 and, and zombies and all of those things. And for the millions of people, some of the greatest ornithologists are uh, people who are part of that faith and the whole concept even even the term Budan which is not Voodoo uh, in the Benin language or West Africa means oneness or, or, or one time so sometimes you know we, we look we, as we respect other religions and their sense of spirituality in trying to find one we're saying that we have something that is really good and great and magnificent that helps you to perfect what you have because that's what Islam is and there's been a prophet Muhammad came it came to perfect religion alright so that it can be more clarity and more palatable uh, for the community of mankind so um, and, and, and that's important to note because as I am in Orlando and we have uh, millions of people throughout the state of Florida uh, who are Muslims, who are Christians, who are Jews, but we are Hindus, and we have millions of others who are believers of Bhutan, of Tanzania, or they're from Colombia, or Brazil, or Kandemble, or Macumba, and some of the others. It's very important uh, that uh, you know that we, when we talk about God, we're speaking of God as oneness. All right, and we have the perfection of travel through the divine clinic to help you find that oneness, that spiritual essence, so that you will not be deprived of real reality, that you will get out of the 
abnormal reality, this illusional reality that doesn't exist. And that's very important because that is why so many of us who are in love affairs, we, we, we look at the reality of, wow, he has the wow, she's so beautiful. And they're going to bring me flowers every day and they're going to say all these nice things every day. Then the time that they start, we say, oh, what happened to the love? You were deluding yourself. <laughs> because real love is the love of Allah. Real hmm. love is the love of God. Absolutely. What is left over is the love for you. What is left over. All right? So, so it, it, it's a beautiful thing. And again, uh, Imam and, and, and QW... Uh, I've done a tremendous job on this tremendous and this magnificent topic that we have to revisit. We have to continue to talk about it because this altered state of reality is destroying so many in our in our community, so many in our society. I mean, I, uh, before this phone call, someone just called me. Uh, a political leader called me and said, hey, Issa, do you realize in the last 13 days we have had 13 murders in Orlando? 13 murders. And this is supposed to be the land of Mickey Mouse and, and fun. I just had 13 murders because of people cannot handle how they're living. And they want something that doesn't exist. Well, thank you. Assalamualaikum. Thank you, Dr. Issa. Thank you, Imam Saab. And I really appreciate um, all this insight, not only um, elevating myself with more knowledge and wisdom here, and take it forward to share with our audience, our callers. Uh, it's, it's really insightful here that we are... We're here to help you all at the Divine Clinic Foundation. And uh, one of our services is, you know, the Divine Cleanse, which is a beautiful gift. And I implore you all to read upon it, to understand it, ask us questions if, um, if you have seeking a deeper understanding. As, as always, we believe in save a soul, save humanity. And if you have any questions, please email us at info at the divineclinicfoundation.org or check out our website, www.thedivinediscussion with Dr. Issa and myself. We are in the Orlando area on Thursdays, um, able to discuss further and to help you understand yourself about um, spirituality, Islamic spirituality, and the services we help to offer to really better our lives so that we can thrive in our, within ourselves, our households, and our communities. So with this, I'd like to say uh, thank you, Imam Saab. Thank you, Dr. Issa, for your time.